I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the fourth instalment of No Small Questions, where you, the listener, get to pose your burning questions directly to the No Small Roles cast. My name is Sam Oakes, your resident question master, and joining me in the hot seats tonight, you may have found yourself sleepwalking to his dulcet melodies. It's our charismatic bard, Gaius, aka Mr. Chris Watts. And uh, you better hide all your frosting, folks, because Gwendolyn's on the prowl. I'm delighted that the wonderful Grace Kelly Miller is gracing us with her presence. Ah. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I love it. I can't imagine Gwendolyn prowling, but I like the idea. It's, it's something to do with wave decorum. I think it's a level six ability, but we'll, oh, we'll get there. There we go. Yeah, yeah. cool. I, I, I need to work that out now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, a massive shout out to our live audience members. We have some people here tonight and we are thrilled uh, that they are some of our Patreon uh, subscribers. And if you wanted to join us in this role, uh, please do sign up to the Patreon and come join the fun. Uh, but they will be standing by uh, to hear their questions answered just a little bit later in the show. Uh, and now before we officially kick things off, I should warn you that this show contains spoilers. Uh, We will be discussing events and character choices right up to episode 25. So if you haven't caught up yet, go do that now. Now. You done it? Okay, let's get going. Now, question for you both. Uh, This is from Twitter from Stuart Townend, uh, at Stewtown2583, who asks, if your character, (laughs) this is great, if your character could have any mythical creature as a pet, what would it be? And also... If you could have one in real life, what would you pick? That's brilliant. Uh, Grace, do you want to take this one? You look like you have some. I mean, now I'm feeling like I need some sort of magical, like jaguar or something like that after your prowling comment. But (laughs) I think actually, I think Gwendolyn would be down for like a Pegasus or something like that because like horses are elegant, but also she could fly, and that would be super cool. I'd like her to fly one day, soaring through the sky. like gubbins as a real thing like you know gubbins becomes like a therapy unicorn that's a horrifying thought <laughs> that gubbins comes to life gubbins oh my goodness I, I wonder if it's Dave in David's ideas already oh my gosh gubbins comes oh, to life I don't <laughs> yeah no I, I'm not sure I'm not sure if I want gubbins to come to life I think uh, gubbins holds too many secrets yeah I feel like you guys are a little bit ahead of me, aren't you? So has something happened with Gubbins? No, that's no no spoilers. No, no, no spoilers. Don't ask things like that, Sam. He's the big bad guy. Naughty question master. I knew it. <laughs> He's been teaming up with the Arcanist. Uh, and how about if it were real life? Same same answer or different animal? Uh, no, but see, I love animals, but I'm not sure if I can be allowed to be responsible for animals. <laughs> Like, I would need some sort of magical fae creature that doesn't need to eat or anything like that. Yeah, I would need something that could just... uh, I'd need a familiar, really, that could poof into existence and then poof back off when I'm too busy. Yeah, absolutely. Because that would be unkind um, to an animal, which is why I like other people's animals, but I can't have my own. Plus there's a housekeeping ability. Too busy and too irresponsible. Exactly. I mean, it, it would be useful sometimes to be able to poof 
my cocker spaniel out of existence like for example when you're trying to lay floorboards and he's climbing on every single one yeah i <laughs> had my fingers crushed many times this week oh. uh, <laughs> and just to be able to like poof him to a a uh, little demi-plane or something like that and then bring him back for cuddles, that'd be great. Okay, so I've got a weird question. If a familiar is shedding everywhere and then it poofs out of existence, does its shed fur poof out as well? Do you know what? Would... That is a really good question. <laughs> but would would a familiar shed fur? Because like they don't eat or anything like that, so would they have that? Like They don't poop, so would they shed? Hmm. It's a bit... Hmm. It's a bit like, you know, if you have like a, a deity mm. and stuff, they don't really need to cut their hair. Or maybe they do. Maybe this is something kind make of it grow. other people have put into their games. <gasps> this is a rabbit hole we could go very far down, I feel. Yeah. Right. So anyway. <laughs> let's say the shedded hair goes. <laughs> yeah, let's say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes it easier for cleaning. Well, let's get back to the question then. So uh, for you, Chris, mm. what would you say? Mythical creature for your character, mythical creature for you. So, um... Guy would like to have uh, a siren uh, because even though they are deadly creatures to sailors, hey, he's not a sailor, so we don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't go out on the water, um, but I do think um, a siren appeals to him because of you know the singing aspect, the enchanting aspect, the fact it's very often in the image of a beautiful uh, man or woman also plays into it. I guess so. Immediately, I just thought straight away to siren. Um, which sounds like a hilarious like joke. A bard and a siren uh, spend the night together, and then so on. Um, but, um, and for me, yeah, for me, I think I think something like um, like a blink dog, or just like yeah, just just oh, just like a yeah. familiar. That like, I think I think that's just the mo- most easiest thing to think of because, like like you said, <laughs> I'd love to ha- I'd love to have um, uh, a chim- a chimeran chimeria or uh, or something like that like you know a hippogriff why the heck not but at the same time where are you going to store a hippogriff yeah like the, the 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 feeding aspect would just be through the roof i can i can barely pay for my food how, how on earth can i pay for all these like sheep and cows i have to drag into my house and i live upstairs so how am i going to drag all these cows and sheep into my house to feed my hippogriff it just you know what the logic just just goes out the window there. so i think a familiar i'm going to jump on grace's answer and say that that is exactly what i would do i agree actually you know having it under the find familiar uh status so that you I mean, if that were the case, though, I probably would go for a flying creature because with the spell's link, you could then see through their eyes and just... You can change it to whatever you want as long as you've got enough incense. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? Like, the fine familiar is kind of like when you're like, oh, um, you've got three wishes, what do you wish for? Oh, I wish for a billion wishes, which is essentially that. You can change a familiar into anything you want. But the question did ask specifically. But anyway, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Great first question. Thank you very much for that, Stuart. Um, this is a question for both of you, again. Uh, it's from <laughs> from Twitter, from Sophia Murphy, uh, at Sophia Comic Art, who asks, I imagine it's instinct, as you're all professional actors and storytellers, but how do you balance being in character, coming out to ask DM questions, and keep the flow of the podcast and audience immersion in mind? Uh, did you have discussions before the podcast began, or is it just good D&D and editing? Uh, who wants to take that one? Chris, you answered last on this one. Last one. Yeah, I, I do have to say that. I think Grace is the authority on this, or the expert, I should say. <laughs> um, and also, Grace has a far better memory than I do. I think that was an early conversation. <laughs> um, right, Grace? Yeah, I think we kind of decided that we wanted to keep any like conversations that we were having in character like anything where we're discussing stuff within the group because we want to make it we want to have that as our characters making choices so it just it does make it very clear cut if we're genuinely just asking david a question we're very much coming out of character to say uh dm can we do this or baby david can i do this um and like you know changing character voice and stuff so it is kind of consciously staying in character more often than we might do in like say our home Mm. games but i think it is very much instinct just swapping in between like you know when you're talking as your character and you know when you're just talking as yourself like you get used to that dual personality don't you (laughs) i I was gonna say you do hear it even when there's not a a, like an ott accent you can tell the difference between when you're posing something yourself and what is actually canon and in game yeah yeah i think for me a bold, the bold choice of doing like a um, 
a New York sort of Bronx sort of accent straight away allowed me to just instantly go like, I'm talking as Chris, I'm talking as Guy. You know, so like it's very easy for me to do that. Um, but I think also mm. it's it's something that we developed along the time creatively and collaboratively that we, you know, we wanted to have this sort of like role playing aspect. But we also wanted to have the aspect as well of, of like us being all around the table and our listeners being around the table and being part of it as well. So it's like it's OK if we mess up or, you know, it's OK if uh, if, you know, mistakes are made because, hey, we've got, you know, editors and we've also got our wonderful audience who don't care if we make a mistake and in fact thrive on it <laughs> i mean do you let, do you make a lot of mistakes that we don't hear um we leave a lot of them in like editing wise like if it's funny we will leave it in won't we like there's yeah, there was absolutely. like a bit i think it was in the faceless footman wasn't it where um chris like kind of tries out a bit of song doesn't like it and goes nah actually i say this and we're like yeah but we're leaving that in because the other bit was funny as well <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> so... there was a furious like texting of just like guys can we just not keep this in it's not very good and they're like no we're keeping it it's fine it's creative it's and we're Chris, like, it's and I'm like funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, like you know we're, we're all goofballs and that's part of hopefully the charm of no small roles i don't know why do you listen to us tell us on twitter um but <laughs> yeah like and but then obviously there is you know uh, if we're doing a long rules check of course we cut that out because you don't need to hear that like we we keep in what we think is going to be interesting to the mm. audience hopefully well it definitely has a great flow uh thank you very much for that question uh let's move to ah we've got our first patreon question of the night uh so pippa if you're ready over to you hi chris hi Grace. Hi, uh... hi. hi sam sorry as well oh it's all right <laughs> Hi. Sam's here every week. We're special. <laughs> my um, my question kind of goes more towards you, Grace. I guess um, I I really love the like the relationship between your character Anna Kidu and like the moments of tension um, and the kind of general kind of Gwen Kidu relationship that's been evolving. <laughs> um, was this something that you had kind of planned in advance? Was it something that you had kind of like decided to, you know, roll with if it happened in a particular episode? Was it completely spontaneous? Like can you give some insight? It was completely spontaneous. There was no plan for this to happen whatsoever. Our characters have just rubbed each other up the wrong way <laughs> so badly. I think also like uh, in episode three, we definitely had some um, like internet connection stuff sometimes. And so I think some of the things that I heard as Grace, I thought Gwendolyn was hearing and it sounded worse to her. So she just like, like, right, fine, I'm off. I don't need to be around you. And just, um, <laughs> I think that's kind of also partly happy accident then as well. I, I think he was instantly abrasive to her because she's this privileged person coming into his space. And he's just like, nah, I'm not having any of that. So, um, and, and she is very prickly about being judged too soon. So they just like, the chemistry just works straight away. And it's, it's so funny because like, me and Daryl get on so well and like in our other home ca game campaign like our characters are married but not like kind of in like basically my uh, gnome bard Gregor Jones he's a fabulous character and I love him a lot now Gregor Jones has decided that uh, Daryl's character Azaki gave him a ring therefore we're married that's how it works right um, so they have like this ridiculous stupid banter um, and relationship and then so for mine and Daryl's characters to then just have this like tension between them it was just really surprising but it's so much fun to play with like as actors and it's so much fun there's a great bit right early on where we're all by a campsite and then david asks the great question as a as, as always when we uh when we rest up he's like so who's taking watch and like for some reason at that point grace and daryl at the same time just went yeah we will and then we all just went our popcorn and we're just like how's this gonna go down it was great. Yeah. Was that the one where they just decided not to speak to each other? They had the most awkward watch I can't remember. in history. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember, remember that one. I remember it feeling so tense, like as well, us recording it and we're having this scene sort of thing. And then like we have had, like when we were briefly allowed to actually like be in the same house, me and Daryl were doing some recording together and we were having these like conversations where our characters are falling out but because we needed to be both close to the same microphone we're there with our arms around each other <laughs> uh, but like also having a fight at the same time is very surreal 
Um, but I love it and it's so much fun to play with. So I'm excited to, s- I'm really interested to see how these characters develop and who pa- backs down first kind of thing. I mean, I think there might be a ring involved later on. You might merge the Cavalcade characters I'd- and the No Small Wars characters. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I don't know. I think they're still both too stubborn. I think that if that, if that ever happens, it's a long way off. Yeah, but then when that breaks down, <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to that. Episode 50. You heard it here yeah. first. Mm, 100 more like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your question, Pippa. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Amazing. Uh, and I'm seeing a familiar name here uh, with a question for Chris. This is from Michael Cook, who asked this through Facebook. Uh, was Gaius tempted to say nothing about the flute? And mess with the others a bit. Um, yeah, the flute. So actually, the thing about the flute that I was more concerned about was I had no idea what the flute was. I didn't know whether it was cursed. I didn't know where it was going to be, um, like, like absorbing my soul every time I played it. I didn't know where this music was coming from. And I remember actually specifically that we found out the... Spoiler alert. We found out that the flute's uh, abilities were pretty harmless um and i think that was a relief for me more than an excuse to mess with other people because um you know just the idea of this flute music and david did such a great job with them with the flute being sinister but also like joyous like you know it's that I mean, sort it of creepy. thing yeah that really <laughs> creepy sort of like yeah almost like a tickle on the back of your throat that you don't want no one wants well, an so, unconsented I mean, introduced tickle. it as the Pied Pipe as well, which is a really ominous name to give something like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, so I think for me, it was like, oh, I wasn't tempted so much as I was like, immediately suddenly went, ooh, I can move things within 15 feet if it fails. Like, I love anything where I get to be creative on the battlefield. Any opportunity where I suddenly go, oh, actually, um, rather than just, you know, throwing another spell at it to do some damage, I'm going to make it walk 15 feet off the ledge and see what happens there. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it was a, it was, it was an exciting thing. My mind went straight away to battlefield or, or to something like that rather than to messing around with my friends. Um, but thank you for throwing that idea in the mix. I will see what I can do later on. <laughs> Feel free to, th- uh, throw any like suggestions for what guys should do to people, um, as pranks and stuff. Cause I am all down for that. I mean, especially if they're sleepwalking over to you, the amount of things that you can do with that, especially if you got, because I'm pretty sure it works on anyone who has been played on, right? You know, yeah. we had, like, uh, you know, uh, who was it that came up to you? It was Juna and Orin at that point that were there. Yeah. If you got everybody to be doing it, imagine the things that you could draw on their faces. And <laughs> I can't wait to see. Okay, have fun with that. <laughs> Uh, let's give a question to Grace now. Uh, this is from Twitter, from Darkest Argentum, at Darkest Argentum, uh, who sent through a video that asked the questions, uh, can you fight in a corset? And goes on to ask, does a steel bone corset count as armour or not? Or, heck, a dragon bone corset, which could totally be a thing in a fantasy world. And uh, have you thought about getting Gwen a Tessin, a Japanese war fan? It's a, a folding fan built to be used as a weapon. This one was made to hide the metal. Ooh. Th- this is deep Ooh. and I love it. It is. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, with the corset stuff, like as Gwendolyn's a monk, I need it not to count as uh, armor because otherwise I can't do my uh, mm. unarmored movement. <laughs> um, so from that point of view, but in general, I think like corsetry as armor i mean i'm sure it's been done plenty but like i would definitely want that for like a different fighter character and just have this like badass um corsetry just like steel bone or like uh darkest Igentum says uh some dragon bone i think that would be Ooh. fucking cool <laughs> so uh i will be doing that at some point because i want to do that mm. um and I love the, I mean, I've never heard of a Tessin before. I think I want to do some research into it because it sounds amazing. Like if Gwendolyn had a fan, like it totally suits her kind of steampunk Jane Austen aesthetic to have a fan and then for it to be a weapon as well. I mean, that sounds badass. That so cool. yeah, I'm definitely, because at the moment she's got her spear, which is great, but like it was something she hastily grabbed um as she was like running away from her wedding it's ornamental it's it's not 
really like it's okay but it's not really her like her fat her um like her darts there's something very special to her there's something that her her mentor kasula gave to her and they're beautiful and they mean a lot and she will go through blood and guts to make sure she retrieves those but the spear i think yeah she needs something different so I'm going to be looking into that. That is a really cool idea. And I, I love the idea of this corset as well. Maybe something Gwendolyn needs to speak to Oren about. Am Me? Oh, that? <laughs> that's a great idea. Get like Oren to like artifice her something, some sort of fabulous corset. Like if I'm not using it as armor, but as something else, that'd be cool. Okay. I, so I hope ideas. Ben is listening. So Thanks start coming fans for giving us all these yeah, ideas absolutely. to make our oh, things better. Fan art as well. Ah, oh my god. Ideas. (laughs) We don't need to do any more thinking. Huzzah. Gonna see Grace with a... Grace? Grace with a dragon. It's it's moulding into Grace. Grace and uh, Chrysus. Grace and Chris. I love love Grace. Grace. Grace is now what I'm gonna call you from now on. I love it. Oh, Grace. Oh dear. Makes me sound adorable. She does. On to another question. And this is a question for Quiz. Uh, <laughs> so we've got uh, another Patreon uh, question, and this is from Karen. Uh, does Chris prepare his songs for bardic inspiration beforehand? Uh, a lot of these puns seem ready-made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I wish. Oh no, I I have to chalk that down to um, my bonkers might. <laughs> What a great question. Oh, I was so not expecting good. that. Well played. Oh, okay. An octave lower. There we go. Um, okay. So yeah, the, the songs, um, it's a funny one really because I originally started out with just like on the fly doing stuff. But actually what we decided during battles was, oh, let's um, let's just be prepared for, because we're, we're at a medium sized party and we want to keep the fluid, like the, the flow of the podcast going, that we, we know roughly what we're going to do in our move. Obviously, that depends on the person next to us, and quite often at the time, you know, that impacts what we do. So, you know, I might be preparing with something, with a, with a great song or something, and then suddenly, like, uh, Grace will do something to completely upset or flip the battlefield around, and then suddenly I have to go, I can't do that, or someone's down, I've got to heal them, or ah. But generally at the moment, what I'm playing with at the moment is like, I'm listening, but at the same time, I'm just going, okay, so what song could I throw in here? Uh, what song <laughs> is popular on at the moment? So at the same time, we've got to keep in mind that we're trying to, you know, build the world and stuff. But I've been given license a little bit to have a bit of wiggle room. So I get to throw in a few like um, pop culture songs and things like that. So once again, please, Twitter, Facebook, help me out here. If you know any great <laughs> songs that you think will relate to artificers, warlocks, um uh anything fire monsters throw them at me because i would love to know <laughs> i'm constantly thinking and, and the thing is i love puns i love 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 puns it's the lowest form of wit and i love that so uh, <laughs> uh i will my 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 role in life is to is to make my uh friend's eyes roll um so. <laughs> just such you do that jokes, very well <laughs> yeah i'm absolutely i'm the young yeah absolutely you are the youngest, but with the daddest sense of humour. Well, I say that. I think Ben is a close rival. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. For, and, well, Daddy Chris, as uh, we've just had in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great question. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for that one, Karen. Uh, okay, uh, back to a question for you both. Uh, and this is from at Helicopters uh, on Instagram, who asks... What have been your highlights of the campaign so far? And then in brackets, they've put, assuming the wor- most agonising moment was in episode eight, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so Grace, what's, yeah. your, what's your highlight been? It's hard to pick because every single game is a fucking delight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. I just like, every time we play together, it's just wonderful and I enjoy it so much. And then I'm listening back to it, editing and going, oh that was good Mm. if that doesn't sound too like involved in our own podcast but i'm just like yeah this is i'm so proud of what we're making right now um so like i would definitely say episode eight was definitely one of the most agonizing i like i think all of us we were we took like a few days to recover from that like and was in floods of tears during that i think your listeners Um, did as well 
good, Genuinely. good. We went through the pain together, team. <laughs> I appreciate that. We came out the other side. We came out the other side and we kept on making episodes. Despite that uh, bastard DM. <laughs> but my, ah, like highlights, it's, it's so hard to decide because there's so many wonderful moments. Um, Just things that pop out to you straight away. I mean, the the battle with um, the Vondells. Mm, yes. Yeah. It was epic. I was going to say that was a highlight for me as well. It was so good. And there's so, like, as well, like for an episode that's, pretty much all battle the the way that david crafted it to make it like have these different levels to it and we did not know what was going to hit us next like with everything that happened with the time warping of the um table the way that david like expertly like slipped in bits of our backstory as well it was just i mean like we're just dm it blew my mind it blew like as like us players in the moment we were just like what? What are you doing? <laughs> what? This is amazing. It was honestly like I've never gone down like such a roller coaster during a game. Number eight as well. <sighs> Episode eight would have to be on my list straight away as being like, wow, what a moment of great drama. It was like I, I like when Game of Thrones was out, I used to watch like the Bullingdon Bar, which was like these YouTube clips of like basically this bar in LA, and they'd be packed with people and they'd all go in there just to watch um episodes of Game of Thrones. And you'd be it, great because you'd see those moments that we all know from that for show and like they'd all react at the same time and that was a moment for me where i was like no and had to get up and walk away from the screen (laughs) um but yeah number eight i think for me um i love uh gwen frosted i do i do i I love gwen frosted getting to play that was so much fun Mm. like i i personally at that time i just needed to be able to let go and it was like suddenly, like, I mean, we're going back to D&D as therapy, but getting to just go, I don't have to worry about nothings because my character is off a face. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, It was nice that that also flowed into the card game, though, which I thought was a really, really good moment for everyone because it was like, it was high stakes, but there was such joy in that room. Like, even from the people who were potentially taking your money, mm. they, like, I think David had a lot of fun playing those characters and just that oh all right yeah uh have the stakes cool <laughs> i i have to, then i'm gonna have to say like gaius just like casually chatting and just knowing he's there in a cravat mask and his wang out <laughs> 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 yeah like i love it <laughs> i crease every i've li- re-listened to that episode a few times and i die because i'm just like Guy is just so cash. He's just taking it in his stride. Well, that was the funny thing. I just like um, I couldn't be there for, for those two weeks because uh, of scheduling uh, situations. And David and I were just like, okay, so where is Guy? Um, how does he come back into it? And the idea just popped up like, oh, he's definitely like in a card game somewhere. And oh, he's definitely lost everything he's owned. And oh, he'll be naked. And oh, and then but the idea of like how he was going to turn up was like totally down to david and i was just like blown away by like straightforward just like and he's bollock naked and you've opened the door it was brilliant i loved it i, I genuinely laughed out loud when i think david asked you the questions like guy have you had any frosting and you being naked everyone was like yeah of course you and you're, no i'm just yeah. naked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely um so yeah uh, gwen frosted um absolutely episode eight uh, bombshell i did love i must say I, I have very fun memories of our first ever recording grace of us just like sitting around the campfire um and just like chatting and stuff like that and just actually getting down to like knowing who gwen was um and i will say as well like in the last couple of episodes we've recorded there have been some moments where I've been like, "Whoa, this is next level stuff," or "Whoa, that I can't believe that just happened." So I'm gonna like hold it out and say, "Guys, you gotta listen to some of the next episodes coming out because there are some doozies." Yeah, like I mean, I now I'm thinking like I I have a moment that I love from almost every single episode, and it's probably not worth me listing it all off. Um, but <laughs> like, yeah, it is. I just I just think we've hopefully found our stride with it now and like we never like we start sit down for a record and we always just like the fuck was this gonna happen like uh, what 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 is going on right now uh and it just i mean like uh, it's, it's such a 
gorgeous group of actors and friends to be recording with and playing with. Like we get to be like actors doing acty things and it's so lovely. And then just like with David at the helm, it's, I mean, I feel very lucky. Yeah, you're in safe hands to just improvise really yeah. but um yeah the, the he looks after us so well mm. and mm. just so many more wonderful moments like dave uh, like so many more wonderful moments like chris says are on the horizon as well so it's just mm. like wow and just the thing and to sorry to throw out one more thing which is like not just the moments that happen in game but the things that happen out of game so like you know there's loads of D&D podcasts out there in the world and they all have their various own uh, fan bases and things like that but actually like the community that we're building in my opinion, is like it's it's fantastic because you know there are these ideas being thrown at us, and there seems to be like a small but growing community of people who are loving this narrative, loving this story, loving the issues being brought up, and it's just exciting for us to share that and to to, to tap into them, uh, and and to share with them and to um and to sort of like live through this warped reality that we're all sort of sharing this collaborative collaborative world. It's cool. It's the, it's the same for me, actually, because there have been a, a few people, obviously, you know, I, I talk about the podcast a lot and I mention it to uh, others. There's people that play in my game that now listen to it and are fully caught up and will message me like, oh, my God, this just happened. Uh, and the new one is my sister has started listening to it as well, who claims she never listens, listens to podcasts because she doesn't have the time. Uh, but she I think she's about to start episode eight. Ooh. So I kind of said she said how much she loved episode seven and the whole like Excellent. tomorrow detail but which I, oh yeah has just come up in the chat actually the, t- oh, yeah. the are we in tomorrow yeah. it has to be yeah again another fantastic <laughs> moment <laughs> oh my gosh and you know what not even prompted by the dm himself but by our very oh. own vicky and ben i should mention some of these that are in the chat there's a there's a really good one i loved chris realizing that casting disguise self in a crowd waiting to execute a shapeshifter <gasps> was not the best idea no that was brilliant that was so good. <laughs> and I, I did roll that dice. I was like, oh no. And David was like, do you want to back out? And I was like, I don't know. I'll let the dice decide because That's because one thing I've said I like it. about, yeah, the way that you play is like, it'd be so easy for that to be an out and be like, oh no, I don't do that, obviously. But you're like, well, actually, Guy isn't as street smart as that. Maybe he does go and do it. Um, which again, is, is committing to the bit. Um, I gave myself a fair modifier. I was like, okay, if it's four, five, or six, I'm going to do it. But if it, no, I, said, I think I said if it was five or six, I, I commit. But if it's one, two, three, four, I won't do it. So I did give myself that, like, sort of like probability against me. But if the dice decided, the dice decided. Yeah, I mean, fair. You don't want to get yourself, like, killed. So yeah. give yourself a fighting chance. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look forward to the bonus episode of, like, Gwen and Gaius in a prison somewhere just being like well that went poorly <laughs> <laughs> amazing should we have another question so this one is for grace uh from oh, yeah another good name from at jerominus Cobimus maximus uh on instagram great name <laughs> who yes. asks gwendolyn's ex-husband Dwayne fabulosa is such an interesting and mysterious part of her backstory any plans to eventually have him appear on the show or will he remain an unseen legend? Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Like, I'm not sure how I, Grace, feel about it, because I'm not sure if I've decided how Gwendolyn's going to deal with it if Dwayne actually turns up, because... We're all looking forward I, to that. I mean, I if it ever happens, I'm sure it'll be fabulous, but I need to be more prepared for when that happens. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, no, don't say you've got plans, David. I don't like the sound of that. Um, Like, so, yeah, I mean, it's an awkward one because she said he's her husband. He's not really her husband. They were betrothed, I think, is the best you can possibly say. Um, But at the moment, like, she's still working out how she feels about him. Like, she's kind of totaling it up to, like, well, he's must be a bit of a dick because he has left me so maybe I just need to get over him like sod that like whatever but then you know he was an opportunity for her to get away from her home and out of a marriage that she really didn't want to be in so 
I think she was genuinely swept up with the romance of it all. Yeah. Like, first she, love, I'm assuming? First, um, we'll let that play out. Definitely, there, 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 there might be another love. Uh, but you guys will find that out eventually. <laughs> Just out, 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 out of interest. Um, what do you think has been like the big, like one or two moments of like the, the things to like make Gwendolyn develop and change as a character? Like what are like, can you pinpoint like what the events that made her go like, oh, okay, I've reflected on myself as this and now I've be- now I've grown. So, like, for example, my que- my real question is, like, would, if we ever meet Dwayne, will he still, like, recognise a lot of, like, Gwendolyn? Or will he be more like, oh, wow, this is a completely different person? I think she's stronger. She's been through some shit since he last saw her. Mm. And part of her is going to be frustrated with him because if he hadn't left her, she wouldn't have had to go through that. Mm. Um. But then also, on the other hand, she is standing on her own two feet. She's realising her worth. And she kind of is realising that she is useful, that she can be good in a tight situation. I think part of the... I don't know if this is... But part of the reason she ended up getting put into this marriage with her family is because she wasn't really doing anything good for the family business so something useful she can do was make a powerful marriage she wasn't depended upon whereas now she is no no she was it was like well what do we do with Gwendolyn let's marry her Mm. off sort of like he'd got to that situation because she just kept on letting the family down in her own different ways I'm probably giving far too much away Uh, no I mean I'm just just sat here like dish dish (laughs) sorry spill the tea guys I'm giving it all Um, but I think she's now kind of I mean, like, she gets confused because she doesn't know where she sits with Enkidu because, like, she thinks, well, like, he thinks she's worthless. But I think that's more because she's still learning that she can be useful. So, yeah, I don't. So I think she will be different to how he left her. But I think she's she wouldn't know how she felt about him until she met him again. So hopefully me as an actor, I don't have to deal with that. For too much like anytime soon because I haven't fully decided. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit worried <laughs> for him if I'm honest because Gwendolyn <laughs> is a badass and she always hits first. So, and, and I think, I mean, you say like Enkidu and Gwendolyn have their friction, but I can see Enkidu like getting the brass knuckles out. Going <laughs> I think Juna would be the one <laughs> to like, like square up to this chap straight away and be like, <laughs> pow, pow, pow. <laughs> Sorry, I have to move on to the next question because it is it does relate. And I think this might have been edited uh, as we've been chatting. Uh, but for Chris, this is a question from, all in caps, everyone. Uh, <laughs> what's the big conspiracy in the chat? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a big conspiracy the whole way through. But um, yeah, what's under Guy's mask? Is he actually Dwayne? Oh, okay. Well, um... <laughs> Well, I can confirm one thing, which is that Guy is not Dwayne. Um, and that's oh. probably obvious as well for the fact that uh, Guy is a half-elf and Dwayne is a halfling? Or is he an elf? Or I don't think I've said... I think he's just... I've, all I've said is he's got blue hair. I was going to say, he does have blue hair, but there is... He's got blue hair. Yeah, that is I... the most important thing. Okay, yeah, I, that yeah. is the only character trait I've chosen. Yeah, so the <laughs> blue hair handsome, is handsome, he's a bard, he's fabulous, and he's got blue hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, long story short, like, yeah. I... No, he's not He's not Dwayne, sadly. Um, <laughs> but he is just as fabulous. <laughs> Shocker. Or he likes to believe he is. Um, <laughs> what? For what's underneath his mask, I don't want to reveal that. I don't want to reveal that. But what I will say is that on various different platforms, there are clues. So I would encourage those of you who want to find out that Easter egg, they need to have a look at our social media. They need to have a look on there because there are clues there. And you can start piecing those puzzle pieces together to start getting a bigger picture. This is from Ashley Hooch Dangerfield. Great name again. uh, On Facebook, who says, My birthday is close to when you record. And it would be an awesome gift to have a question asked. So this is for Chris. What were you tempted to get the others to do while they were frosted? Uh, so while you think about that, there's also a question for Grace, which is what do you think will be the fallout of Gwendolyn being saved by Oren if they have to return to Rosthall? Uh, do you think this will have an unknown effect on your family name? 
Uh, so yeah, Chris, uh, did you have any like temptations when they were frosted? So I think for for me, it was tempting as a player it was tempting to be like, right, backstories. Here we go, everybody. We're releasing everything. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, that was, that was a really interesting I, I thought that uh, it was a weird feeling that sort of crept in where I was like, these are my friends and they're not in a state to give their consent about their deepest, darkest secrets, even though I could get their deepest, darkest secrets. I was super tempted, but there was just a weird part of me where suddenly I was like, I don't feel like that's right. And, and it, and it, and it, and it went through. And I was like, at the end of the day, like I, I, I want them to tell guy of his own, of their own volition. And, um, you know, guy keeps secrets. Guy's got many secrets and, he wouldn't want someone to have that power over him. Yeah. So I think it was more of a thing of like, pay me lots of nice compliments. Just tell me how great <laughs> I am, um, yeah. which is feeding into Guy's ego constantly. But um, but yeah, no, I, I, I was I was <laughs> other than other than paying Guy great compliments and also like occasionally just been like you know if you want to buy me around, go ahead. If you want to get me a co- chocolate cake every Sunday, that'd be great. But I wasn't thinking of anything further um, intrusive-wise. Well, he's kind of he's he's developing more and more of a conscience as the series goes mm. on, particularly when his his friends are involved. So I think it's quite sweet that we know, as the listener, because you told us that that temptation was there, mm. but that he's choosing to go against his like you know baser instincts and stuff. I think that's something Chris does so beautifully as an actor is showing us how like torn Gaius is. I love every time like when he's having a moment of like he's having a bit of a moral quandary. He's like, do I do this? Ah! And I love I, I mean, I, I'm sorry everybody else doesn't get to watch it, but I love watching like the thought process on Chris's face. <laughs> and you hear it through the like, ah, or ah, I'm not sure. ah, But like it's it's wonderful. It's like it's so fun to get to see as an actor seeing how like you say his moral compass is kind of developing yeah because um, i think uh, and it goes for everybody at the start of this campaign especially uh, i think yeah i think for everyone but i think um guy sees himself as a, as a survivor as a person who's been out on the road for a really long time and he's a self self-preservation is his point and to like be with this group now and to have shared these experiences and sort of developed this family connection like he just feels like he couldn't do that to them mm-hmm. i think guy you know two months ago would have done something completely different to now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Uh, okay, amazing. Uh, Grace, then, uh, do you think there's going to be a fallout? Any kind of, like, tarnishing of the Rose family name? Uh, you, from that? I, I really think she's been throwing the Rose family name around, yeah. and I'm starting to go, oh, shit. Uh, like, she's just waltzed into this house, the Red House, and... Um, they've just like you know got them in oh wait cool i got us into swanky digs oh but also we're now around somebody actually quite dangerous and i think until we actually thought in the moment none of us had really thought oh shit actually being around um what was his name clayne being around clayne would be like as dangerous as it was and we kind of all realized that together i'm interested to know what Clayne is thinking because he's come into contact with this group of people he's gonna find out that he has been impersonated and that we have got the hell out of Dodge whether he thinks that we have helped the faceless footman get out whether it's us rather than the hex like there could be some serious consequences from that Mm. and I think that's what's making Gwendolyn realizing oh okay I've I've been just like very trigger happy with throwing my weight around and my family around so i think that's something she's gonna have to think about yeah i mean it was a good tactic up until the point where it goes horribly wrong yeah um yeah yeah i I hadn't actually thought about the ongoing repercussions of that i'm quite excited to see what happens next yeah (laughs) david is listening he's always listening Amazing. Thank you so much for those questions. Uh, and happy birthday as well, Ashley. Um, okay, next next question. Uh, this is for both of you. Um, kind of says more for Chris, this first one. Uh, this is from Michael Cook, uh, who asks, will Bessie ever be returned? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, no. 
No, I didn't think so. No, <laughs> I, 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 I refuse. Like, Guy, Guy has a uh, few possessions in life, but he, he loves that animal. Um, that animal him... Uh, as as uh, the animal's been with the group for a really long time, and like uh, yeah, guy really takes care of Bessie, and I feel like um, Bessie's in it for the long haul. She's now a part of the group. In, well, in guy's eyes, that, he's the only person that actually remembers that she's there, which is nice. <laughs> um, there's been some great fan seen. art about that. I've seen some great. Yeah, fan Hannah art. Clancy did some great fan art uh, of uh, Gaius, which is fab. I'm just, I'm um, waiting for like a, because at the moment I'm saying, the, I'm using the verb park Bessie quite a lot. So I'm waiting for like some sort of charm <laughs> where I can have a beep, beep, and she just like, just stays somewhere. <laughs> I do, I, I think Gwendolyn still feels a bit guilty about Alfred, but I think, she, yeah, like she can see the bond that Gaius has with Bessie and it's kind of like, oh, I can't make him send his horse back. And I mean, like, how could we get Bessie back really? Mm. Like. I, th- We've been I mean, traveling. she's as much a part of the party now as any member. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for for Guy, there it's are... like, if, if he doesn't know you very well, then he doesn't care. So he was just like, oh, there's this horse that we got. And it's ours now. Yeah. Rule the road, man. If, if, you can, <laughs> if it's not bolted down, take it. <laughs> I mean, she did survive, like, zombie creatures. I know. Well. Yeah. This horse she was deserves running around the to be with you. Oh, would. Absolutely. Well, Jeez. when we're all like ashes, this horse will be just chomping on some grass, chilling out. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure it's like a level six barbarian horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was watching uh, Vicky in the chat there who just nearly spurted out all of her drink. Um, <laughs> okay. We have another question from Michael Cook, and this one is for Grace. Uh, so, where did the inspiration for the way of decorum come from? Hmm. So, like, I mean, I was looking at all the subclasses that were available for Monk and I was just like, these don't really suit Gwendolyn. Like, her um, Monk training has been a very much a one-on-one situation. Her her trainer is somebody who was working for the Rose family, like, as part of, you know, the various different strands of their security. It's kind of like more personal security. And it was mostly a way of, like, dealing with, Gwendolyn's temper tantrums really it's like a way of kind of instilling some discipline in her um and so I was just like how like do we actually like make that part of her subclass and so I kind of was to David I said like can we combine a monk class with a finishing school basically <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of a it, it, this subclass that david's created has got a mixture of uh, a mix a mixture of all like some of the security stuff that she has got from her family but also that kind of training her to be a respectable young noble who can be married off or you know can work for the family as personal security and that sort of thing so i really wanted to have this idea of finishing school meets monk training and that is what david created for me uh because he's amazing for huge fans of like pride and prejudice and D D, yeah. like the way of decorum is just it's beautiful it's beautiful i mean i uh, i don't think I it's gonna it. be long before D beyond start you know approaching david for the rights you know to to put that mm. up there if critical role can do it why can't you Absolutely. I love the way of decorum. I think Grace is doing such a great job with it. I love I love all that aspect. It's really intriguing, genuinely. Mm. Uh, partly fun. because I can't go all meta and just be like, I know exactly what's going to happen to you at level 10. Mm, that's true, yeah. 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 Which, uh, believe it or not, I do like to do because I'm just that kind of player. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for that question, Michael. Um, so, next one. Question for both of you. Uh, this is from Twitter from uh, Stuart Townend. Uh, who asks if I may be cheeky and ask another question there are some real emotional parts in the podcast and I just wondered if this is just superb acting ability or if the immersion of the storytelling experience actually makes any of the players feel that emotion (laughs) now I reckon probably episode eight definitely but are there like other parts in this where like the emotion came through genuinely or you know do you get so wrapped up in it or is it like no my character would be feeling this so it's then the acting i mean i i'm a very emotional person anyway (laughs) and so i am an emotional player 
and I do get very much wrapped up in it. So like, you know, I can feel my face getting flushed when Gwendolyn and Enkidu are having their like moments and I can feel like the, the frustration of just like, you just don't understand me, but I'm trying to keep it nice and calm and I'm better than you. I, she, not necessarily better, but no, she's, she's just frustrated because he doesn't understand her. Um, but she's trying to keep herself poised and calm and that sort mm. of thing. Uh, uh, and yeah, any moments where we're in a genuine scene and we're having those moments, you're seeing as well like what the other actors are giving you. It's it's hard not to be wrapped up in it because it you're just like, I mean, it's amazing. Like we're not in the same room, but we are actually in Zoom, and you get to see very close to somebody's face. Mm. You get to see if they're welling up. You get to hear that choke in their voice, and uh, yeah. I yes it's emotional yeah I think um it's a testimony as well to the to the other cast members like you say because they're giving you so much you you feel like you're giving it back you you have to give it back and not in like a way that's artificial but in a way that like is like is very like keeping the ball up in the air is very Meisner which is a practitioner that I know a few actors and uh, in particular love and I just think oh, yeah. it's 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 very it's it, it it's D&D. It's D&D. That's what <laughs> brings people to this. That's what keeps these people in this game. You know what I mean? It's the it's the storytelling aspect. It's when that music comes on or when someone uses that description, you go, oh, yeah. Or, you know, you feel that chill down your spine and that does something to you. It takes you out of the room you're in at the moment. And for me as well, like, there is like a level of catharticism. Did I say that word right? Catharticism? You know what I mean? Ben? You, where it's where it's allowing you to feel something that you like you you kinda like what you said, Grace, it's like almost therapy. But like at the same time, my thing is that I can't let that get in the way of the story. It's not about me like breaking down and crying, but it's about getting through that. And like I think that's an amazing part and Catholicism. I don't think that is I don't think that's it. it. I don't think that's I'm it. I'm so glad you said that out loud. Um, Anyway, that was from David. But, but basically, like, what I really enjoy about D and D is that, like, it's about bringing the emotion, but it's not about staying in the emotion. It's like we've got to get on. There are things at stake, and that's the fun thing about it. But you otherwise, are, you we, are we can be all invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are emotionally invested. But no, you're, you're, you've got this bond with them and with the other people's characters as well. That there's there's a sense of realism in it that you want these people to do well. You want them to succeed and. Mm. And you want them to live, like you know. I... Can't be bothered to make up a new character, you know. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love making up new characters, but there is there is, it, come, it does come to a point when suddenly you go like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want him to die, I don't want her to die, and like, yeah, that those those are really cool moments. That like that it surprises us, it surprises us, like it surprises me every time that I feel a strong emotion in D and D, and like you know I've been playing it for a while now, so yeah. I got really nice emotional vibes when you were all buying presents for each other. And I felt like I was Aww. feeling that off you guys of like, that. oh, you know, no, I really do want to get this for Orin and I can't really afford it. So I'm going to do the, you use my character's ways to, to get her, I get that. I got, I got the emotion there. There's, there's definitely some, there's some feels like, you know, they're, they're starting to care about each other quite a bit, I think. Yeah. I've got a linked question to this, uh, which follows up this question. And this is from um, Sophia Murphy again, uh, who asks cheeky second question, if I may. Uh, these are both second questions. <laughs> As you're all theatre people, how is it doing a show without the immediate audience energy or feedback? I think we're each other's feedback. Yeah. Like we're right that we're all in there watching it. Like when we're not in a scene or we're not like actively playing, we're audience with loving what everybody else is doing yeah it's a game it's a it's a game like we do it to to make each other laugh we do it to make each other cry we you know what i mean like uh, in, a, in a rehearsal you the story comes first the characters come first and then you have to think about choreographing it to allow the audience in um whereas with us it's like our audience is right next to us it's listening so mm. yeah it's like that that doesn't come into my mind at all um we're just playing. We're just playing these characters, playing the game, really. Yeah, and also we do get audience feedback eventually when they tweet about it, or like friends who listen to it text us and go, "Oh my 
my god this just happened yeah like that's that's great like absolutely and that's becoming a part a different of it as well. way i love it oh cute tell us what you think <laughs> i mean i always tell you what you think and what i think yeah. and uh, <laughs> i think you're incredible uh, I think we've got time for another, maybe a couple of questions before we wrap up for the night. Uh, so, a question for both of you. This is from Ashley Hooch Dangerfield, uh, who asks, what is the stupidest thing you've ever had happen during a game? Uh, and they have put in brackets, not necessarily no small roles. So this can be any game. What's the most stupid thing that's happened to you? Uh, Chris, I'm trying to think of some that you may have been in in other games yeah because uh, what's coming to mind for you i know yeah with like me and sam uh for anyone out there has, have been in a previous campaign together for a long time um stupidest things i think like like disastrous things um uh i can't think of anything off the top of my head there's two things that come to mind i'll be very quick with them one which was when i was a dm and one when i was a player when i was a dm i was um uh, describing this castle they, the party had just arrived inside it and I gave them three options. There's some stables at the back, there's a tower over there, and there's a door over there. And I was like, totally sure I knew exactly what was going to happen when they went in there. And then the last minute, I just threw in some like extra details like, oh, there's some scattered bones in the corner over here. There's a well, there's um, there's a few buckets that are hanging loosely from, and then one of my character players just went straight away. I jumped down the well and I went... <laughs> <laughs> And I had to like suddenly invent what was at the bottom of this well. And that was like a big mistake, a big like blunder of me. Um, but the other time when I was a player was I went into the Feywild and I was this big epic paladin. Um, and we came across this demonic gingerbread man who I be- ended up making friends oh, with. And yes. it was the stupidest thing. But I ended up like, yeah, making friends with this demonic gingerbread man to the point when it became my, li- my little cut sidekick. And then we, when we came out of the Feywild... Um, the DM who was um, who who's a good friend of mine basically was just like you you turn around Aeneas and you know all your party are there but you see a lifeless biscuit that's on the floor oh. as you've just returned to the to the reality of our world and I was just like oh and then he said after a brief second and then his head pops up and gives you a smile and I was like Gingy um so yeah those uh two very stupid mistakes like one a paladin shouldn't be making friends with um demonic pastry and two don't (laughs) underestimate your players i mean it's become a big part of that gaming group as well like the secret santa that we had one year they gave you the gingerbread man in like armor and with a weapon and stuff like i've put it in artwork for you thank you yeah it's been great what about you grace what's been like um an absolute blunder I mean, I'm sure there's been plenty. I do remember being in a game and a fellow player jumping into a well as well. Uh, it's obviously a running theme. Um, he decided that we were trying to fight these twig blights and uh, he decided that he was just going to run straight over this really, this 20 foot well. He, he really heavy armour. <laughs> it did not go well. But um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, like that, I definitely remember that just being like our whole party was just like what the fuck is going on I think as a player like I've definitely had a moment where um, once again Gregor Jones uh, was trying so desperately to just buy a silver flask off somebody and they didn't want to give it so Gregor is like up in the charm as much as he possibly can and so they're like, okay, right, yeah, let's uh, let's deal for it. Let's let's do a card game. So Gregor's like, yes, here is all of my money. I'm putting it all in, and just like I still, I think there's still a screenshot around of the rest of the players with their heads in their hands, mm. as just I just just that Gregor just gave away all his money to get a silver flask for a mission which they never used. <laughs> <laughs> and now he is a were tiger and he probably won't be able to use that flask oh, yeah. anymore. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Um, oh, that's made that pretty... even worse. Yeah. Like <laughs> really he's going to be like using coffee. his flask and it's just like slowly starts sizzling his lips. <laughs> I keep forgetting that you're a were tiger. So it. do I. And I came up in the last game that Gregor was aware. I was like, oh yeah. Brilliant. But like, 
my character Gregor, he's a very flamboyant bard, bard gnome who it looks fabulous in a dress with all his hairy chest as well. Mm. Like he is ah. Oh. He's basically a drag queen, but not quite dedicated enough to be a drag queen because he just is, he's the most masculine gnome in a dress you've ever seen. Um, and so just like whenever somebody's like, oh yeah, and he's a were-tiger, I'm just like, yeah, he's going to love that. Yeah. He's going to be like Tony the Tiger, but like fabulous. It's <laughs> just the um, ever-increasing chest hair on a full moon. Yeah, it's getting more <laughs> ginger as well. Oh, fab. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we've got time for one final question uh, for both of you. And this is from our friend at Jerominus Cobimus Maximus, uh, who asks, how did you all get so fly? How did all we all get way. so fly? Yeah, Chris, how did you get so fly? As in, so cool? So fly. So fly. I just blew a raspberry just for our listeners' benefit. I did not just do a massive fart. Um, <laughs> that's how I'm fly. Pressured questions make you flatulent. I'm flying the seat so of my much. pants. So much so. I think it's gas powered. I think it's because um, I don't rate myself as, so therefore I am. In a weird <laughs> philosophical manner. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm so fly, but I guess I am. Thank you, Geronimus, Cobbentmus, Maximus, for thinking we are fly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for thinking we're fly, yeah. We appreciate that. Well, we've heard, yeah, I mean, we've heard why Chris thinks he's fly, but Grace, why are you fly? I ain't. <laughs> <laughs> I think you fly. Anyway. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Thank you so much for that one, Geronimus. <laughs> um, I love it. Oh, God. Uh, I really hope everybody's enjoyed listening tonight. Uh, I think we've had a lot of fun here. And to our uh, Patreon subscribers who are in the chat and to those of you who are at home and couldn't be with us tonight, thank you so much for your support. Please remember, if you do want to support the show, uh, you can sign up on Patreon. There are many different levels that you can sign up to, all of which have amazing perks and bonus content. Uh, And you get to come join the fun with us here. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. You get to support the show. You get to join in with this. You get to ask our questions. And we always have a little chat and a roundup afterwards uh, where people get to hang out. And uh, if I know David, there is always more bonus content on the horizon. So now is a good time to sign up. Uh, And I think that's all we've got time for here. So thank you so much to Chris and to Grace and to our Patreon members and to everybody else who is here in the chat, keeping the chat alive. We love you. and We can't wait for next time. Uh, Can we unmute everybody a sex so that we can all say goodbye together shall we establish what we're saying as well no i think it's more fun when we don't i don't <laughs> that's why you know fly that's exactly why uh is everybody ready we're we're gonna say the three word version <laughs> excellent <laughs> okay three two one and Ben here popping in to say a big thank you to Grace Kelly Miller and Chris Watts for joining us for No Small Questions. Huge thanks as well to our superfan Sam Oaks and to all the superfans from Patreon who joined us live and put their questions to the cast. If you've been listening to the episode and pondering how you can join in with the chat as it happens, well, ponder no more. Our next No Small Questions is being recorded on Wednesday, the 17th of March, and once again, our Patreon supporters will be able to join us for the conversation live. Answering your questions next time will be our favourite mage-hand-wielding warlock, Daryl Bailey. And the man with a thousand spanners, me! Sorry, Ben Galpin. Keep it professional, Ben. You can find out more about our teacup, teapot, and tea caddy Patreon levels, ooh, and our new teaspoon level as well, and sign up to help support our show at patreon.com forward slash no small rolls. Each level comes packed with perks, including shout-outs, homebrewed subclasses, early access to episodes, 
and some of David's original music to enjoy or even use to spice up your own home games. As ever, you can find us on social media. We're at No Small Roles on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook by searching for No Small Roles. Roles is spelt with a double L, as in the double L at the end of small, or fall, or the double L at the start of Dylan Thomas's fictional Welsh town, Claragib. We'll be back next Sunday with episode 27. Right, I'm going to go and think about which mythical beast I want as a pet. And on for now... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.